Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 24th. And Eric, I'd like to start this up, open this up with a little uh, good news, bad news for you. Okay. Let's uh, give me give me the bad news first. What do you, what do you got? Bad, bad news is um, we're done with midweek action for the year. Ah, yes. Which I, think you, I think because you work with me that you knew that. I did. I did know that. But that's 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 a downer. Uh, good news is we start basketball season this week. All right, let's go. And man. So we so we do kind of have some midweek action because we start basketball season uh, tomorrow night, which it's is really like, cool. It's like a double dip of a week, man. I feel like, you know, basketball starting and football, this is like the best time of the season. Crossover. Yeah, and we have Thanksgiving this week. So, yeah. I mean, the the most wonderful time of the year is, is definitely <laughs> here uh, uh, for sure. And so, you know, basketball starts. We had the uh, chance at the end of last week to talk to our men's and women's basketball coaches on a media call. Good to see all of them. And, uh, you know, it got me, it got me pretty pumped. I, I think the, the feeling of um, how we ended last year's basketball season, oh, clearly uh, it, it's nice to talk hoops again, um, you know, and, and be looking forward to this upcoming year. Yeah. And you could tell, I mean, even on that call, you mentioned that, the coaches were hyped too. I mean, they feel all feel that they have unfinished business and um, yeah, they're all definitely ready to start the season. I think we kind of, uh, with the call, we both got a little caught up and, you know, didn't really talk much about the the preseason polls or anything on, on the last call. So obviously on, on the men's side, you had BG winning um, from the, from the coaches and on the women's side, we had um, Central Michigan winning. Um, yeah. so, just uh, just to update uh, the fans out there of what if you missed the preseason poll, that's what you missed. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's ready to get the uh, get the season kicked off. I know um, we're not really sure how the season's going to go with uh, all the non-conference games and things like that. Obviously, there's uncertainty with every everything we do uh, these days. But uh, definitely excited to see those uh, kids back on the floor. Yeah, and, and you talked talk about the preseason poll. I mean, uh, the first team, all pre, you know, we do the all MAC preseason teams as well, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was crazy, uh, but well deserved at the same time. That on the men's side, the whole first team is all guards, and yeah. uh, I mean, we have some good ones coming back. I mean, Justin. Well, you were, I mean, we were talking, we were talking off off camera, like we would we would put our first teams up against anybody, both on the on the men's and women's side. I mean, we have absolutely dominant players on, on those first teams. So yeah, the the guys coming back, when I look at that first team, it was like, wow, I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, we have all these guys back because it's been so long since we've been playing. So, you know, Javon Graves and Lauren Christian Jackson, Justin Turner and Marion Jackson and um, uh, Jason Preston. And so like all those guys balled out last year and it's, it's, you know, it's exciting. Like I said, it's exciting that we're back. Uh, talking hoops um, and uh, to your point Bowling Green and Central Michigan picked as those those favorites and we'll see how it plays out because you know even talking to the coaches last week no one puts a lot into the preseason polls and I think oftentimes uh, the coaches may not want to be picked first you know because right, then it right. automatically puts that target on your back but you know we'll play the games and uh, hopefully we do it safely. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for it. I can't, we're, we're officially in that crossover season. Yeah. And I mean, I think we talked a little bit about it last year too, is that the, while the preseason poll are, is important, it, it doesn't change any course of, of 
any season for anybody. You know, you can, you can, we had BG the other year pick last and, and they ended up winning the conference. So um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything until, until you start uh, playing some games. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how it will uh, unfold this year. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we got that. We got we do have football at the end of the week. Let's not yep. forget yeah. uh, with a with a real primetime matchup on Saturday. We, we have yeah. a game uh, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan play Friday. So you can enjoy your Thanksgiving leftovers with a little mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan on Friday afternoon. Uh, but then we have the other five games on Saturday, including, um, you know, a battle of unbeatens. Yep. with uh, Kent State and Buffalo. And uh, later this week, we're going to try to get on the, the quarterback for the Golden Flashes, Dustin Crum, um, and have a good interview with him as, as we look to preview that game. And he'll be second time he'll be on the pod. Yeah, but, uh, yeah just keeps making noise. We, we can't keep him off. I know, I know. Well, I mean, he keeps throwing up for five touchdowns. We got to keep bringing him back yeah. on the podcast, you know. Yeah. So exactly. he, he was named Offensive Player, uh, National Offensive Player of the Week by Walter Camp uh, Foundation. And um, so, so you know, that's uh, – it, it'll be fun to have him on to preview yeah. this weekend's games. But, yeah, any big Thanksgiving plans for you? Uh, for me, no. Keeping it small. Uh, it's Safe just going to be – small. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be super close. I mean, my family – uh, essentially, um, just me and my mom and my dad and my brother. Um, so keeping it small, I think it'll be good. Kind of just relaxed and, you know, quiet. I think that's yeah. what we all need right now and, and what the country needs. So it's going to um, be weird. I, I mean, I think back to I mean, really the last big, well, July 4th, obviously big holiday, but the last yeah. like holiday where you really get family together was probably Easter. Um, and I remember eating an Easter dinner at our kitchen table with a Zoom call with the rest of our family. Wow. Yeah. And I can't believe we're still here doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, keeping it small uh, over on my side as well. And, you know, getting together with any family is good. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, uh, I, I just, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, but you gotta, you gotta do the right thing. And uh, you, uh, you had your own little celebration this weekend. I heard. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I did. Do you, do you want to do you want to touch on that a little bit? Little yeah, bit? and it would probably lead right great into our first guest. Wow, you're you're really getting to be a pro at this. Hey, thanks. Hey, you would think after a year I figured this thing out. <laughs> I know we missed our year anniversary. That's yeah. sad. Uh, I I should have sent you like flowers or something. Let's <laughs> go. Um, yeah, you're right. You should have. You should have yeah, no, no. Saturday, uh, great news. After 26 years, my alma mater, Chardon Hilltoppers, my high school alma mater, uh, won the Ohio State football title nice. uh, in t- double overtime. Um, it was a great game. They they beat uh, Columbus to sales. And uh, yeah, first title game since I was uh, first time they were in the title game since I was a senior. Uh, dating myself here, but uh, uh, that was in 98, but mm-hmm. they, Sharon won the title in 1994. Uh, so it's been 26 years. <laughs> and um, yeah, the end of the game was crazy, double OT. And to to watch that and see the joy um, just of the team, the head coach, which again, we will be bringing on here shortly, uh, Mitch Hewitt. Mitch is a former uh, Bowling Green student athlete, uh, linebacker for the football team. Uh, back back when I was in school, but we went to high school together. We went to college together to see, you know, the joy on his face, the other coaches, the student athletes, um, and the administration. Uh, and then just knowing that's where I grew up in the community, 
how how they take this is uh is really cool and that's what it's all about like seeing those kids run out on the field and celebrating something during this time um was second to none so yeah very big celebration um and it was really cool to see yeah and i don't know if i'll uh i'll ever see a, a lakewood state championship so i lived um vicariously through your eyes um on saturdays uh you know, you watched the Hilltoppers, so that, that yeah, was awesome. Yeah, I, I was a bit bummed um, that I wasn't there live, but yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I, I just wasn't able to. And um, but I watched every darn second of it. I'll tell you that, and uh, it was it was just really cool to see. And they're they're really good. And I know we don't usually talk about high school sports on here, but I, I do feel there's a tie-in, and that's where I'll welcome our next guest in with. Uh, Mitch Hewitt, uh, again, uh, former Bowling Green football student athlete, who's now the head coach of the Chardon Hilltoppers and a Ohio State champion. Um, it's really cool to see what you know he learned on the field or during his time in BG and through other coaches uh, such as Urban Meyer and how he's uh, you know turned that into uh, how he coaches his team. So you know a little a little different way we're going with things, but uh, with that, let's bring you Mitch Hewitt. All right, we're going to change it up today on the Call to Action podcast a little bit, and we are going to talk to uh, one of our own and, and uh, former student athletes, Bowling Green football student athlete and class of 03, um, state champion Mitch Hewitt from the Chardon Hill Toppers, uh, the head coach of the Chardon Hill Toppers. Mitch, thanks for coming on with us today, and uh, how you feeling? Jeremy and Eric, thanks for having me on. I, it's it's, um, it's crappy weather out, but uh, I still feel pretty good based on Saturday's performance. So uh, it's been a good weekend, not a lot of sleep, but uh, Mondays are a little bit better after you win a state title. Absolutely. So, you know, first title in 26 years for the Hilltoppers, uh, and it was in dramatic fashion, wow. two overtime game. You guys won 31-28. Uh, you know, has, has it set in yet? I mean, that's a crazy game. It's uh, no, I, I would say like, like every few hours, I think about something different about the game and how it could have totally changed the outcome had this little thing not gone the way it did. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was showering yesterday. I was thinking about our kicker who really has only been kicking a football for four months. He's a rookie kicker. Uh, we've been begging him to come out for years and he's going to get credit as he should for the game winner. But, you know, it's 27, 28 with almost no time left on the clock. Just that extra point, like you just you, you take little things like 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 that for granted. I, I mean, you have a high school snapper, a high school holder, and a high school kicker, and uh, anything can happen, right? And uh, it's it's just little moments like that that like keep coming back to you, and you, and you think about these scenarios and these situations because there was six minutes left, you're you're down fourteen points, and uh, they just took a score off the board because of instant replay. So here we think instant replay is going to be this great benefit. Um, and you know, I, I kind of wish they didn't have it, uh, looking back on it, but, um, it was wild. No, but I'll, I'll tell you, Mitch, Jeremy had me pretty much tuned into the game since he was loving it so much. And, uh, I heard after the game, you said it was like the most calm you've ever been during a game. There, there was, uh, can you kind of explain that a bit? Yeah, it, it was, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says a peace that passes understanding and it's. I'd be lying if I told you that I knew the outcome, but I knew who I was with and I knew the type of kids that we had. And um, having having been in big games myself, both as a coach and as a player, 
Uh, I, I've seen how other coaches have handled that responsibility. And I, and I think there's, when you're superior and you're underperforming, then it's a time to like, like rip them and, and get them going. But when you're in a stage that big and there's 10 plus thousand people watching all across the country, literally, I mean, we've had people watching everywhere that, that you have to have the, this peace and this calm because they feel it already. Like, like as high school athletes, I mean, you feel the intensity of the situation. You don't have to like make them feel more nervous for it. Mm-hmm. Rather, I mean, I, one of, one of our themes all week was uh, being a public school, going against a private school. Uh, a lot of my players have known each other since preschool. Our, our theme was we would stop practice periodically throughout the day and we would tell stories. Um, a senior would get up and tell a story about some of his teammates. And, and I remember one point at the end of the game, there was a TV timeout and, and I was standing in the hall and I was like, who's got a story? Who can tell me a story about one of your teammates? And um, it was just smiles. And it was like, um, there was a peace. And again, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I knew we were going to win, but I never felt discouraged uh, despite being down 14 with six to go. You know, uh, outside of the game and, you know, I've, Eric, as you know, but not many, many people probably listening, but I, you know, I went to Chardon as well. I've known Mitch forever. Uh, but one thing I've never kind of asked you and don't know is when did you decide you wanted to coach and kind of take over at Chardon? I, I don't know that um, I, I ever, I mean, maybe a, maybe a dream of mine would be to coach at my alma mater, but the, the people who have influenced me and impacted me the most are coaches and teachers. And uh, it was just one of those deals that um, I was always drawn to. It. I, I think I got at first at Bowling Green, I wanted to get into like uh, broadcast journalism. And then when I saw how many foreign language credits I needed, that sort of turned <laughs> me off. So uh, by default, I think I got into teaching from that standpoint. Uh, and and it, it's, it's, you know, um, I'm, I'm grateful for my career. I think sometimes when you're young, especially as a high school or college athlete, and you graduate and, and your, your playing days are over, right? There's this sense of, where do I belong? And I think you, you know, a lot of people, you, you chase careers and you're not always certain, but, but I, I know, um, I believe I'm called to be a teacher and a coach and I'm, I'm grateful to be in my hometown. And 10 years ago it opened up and it was a perfect situation. Um, and, and everything just sort of happened like that. In fact, the building principal who hired me, I had urban, uh, call him. And, uh, in addition, you know, it's, uh, his kid is Drew Fetchick, my, my quarterback. Who just completed 12 and 0, um, threw for 250 yards in the second half of a state title game on a team that doesn't throw for 250 yards ever, let alone the second half of a state title game. So, like a season, 250 yeah, yards. Yeah, literally. I mean, he's the first quarterback we've had in 12 games who has more passing yards than he does does rushing yards. And um, you know, what what a, what a testament to that kid, his character, his composure. And uh, it couldn't have happened to a better kid. He's very, very easy to root for. No, I mean, you mentioned all the, all the stuff about, you know, respecting coaches. You did get to learn from one of the best in, in Urban Meyer um, at your time at BG. Um, just talk about that and then what kind of Urban maybe taught you or some of the lessons you got from him while you were on there. Yeah, Ur- Ur- Urban's, I mean, um, he, he's obviously one of, one of the biggest factors, but but I remember when he got hired, we were sort of, we were upset. You know, we're like, we got this wide receiver coach from Notre Dame. Who's this guy? But uh, instantly upon entering a room, and there's people like this that you'll encounter through your life that when their presence is near you, you feel it. And he's one of these guys. He, he, he's, uh, he, he commands attention. And uh, he would even tell you this. I mean, when he was at Bowling Green, he was nuts. I mean, uh, the way he got after us and, and like things that he did, uh, he probably would have gotten fired at Ohio State for it. But it was his first job. He was young. He was passionate. And uh, 
had the biggest turnaround in, 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 in I think, in the country that year, uh, taking us from like two and nine to, you know, nine and what is it, like nine and two or something like that. So it was a huge turnaround. And, and, and like, I also, you know, the nature sometimes of the Mac is that head coaches, they're going to go look for a bigger paycheck. So I, I had three head coaches and I had five position coaches. Um, so for me, it was a great learning experience that I would use later on. But when Urban was there, I mean, it was like the cradle of coaches. I mean, <clears throat> as you guys know, I mean, the level of coaching that exists right now across the country that was there at that time uh, is unbelievable. I mean, he's like the Belichick tree of coaching. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, what what did you, uh, kind of from your playing days um, and then becoming a head coach, um, you know, what, what have you learned from playing college football, uh, you know, at Bowling Green? It's, I think as a player, I think, uh, and this, this is true with any sport, uh, is it's about relationships. And players can tell when relationships are real and when they're fake, uh, when they're based on like other things, like maybe it's a paycheck or maybe it's status, but uh, you, can't, you can't fool kids. And uh, in some ways, I, I think kids are, uh, they're more in tune to this than what you'd see like in a, in a business profession where, where everyone seems nowadays to be or pretend to be something maybe that they're not. And, and kids sniff it out. And in order to maximize what you have to work with, you have to dedicate time to it. So things that I've learned through um, the coaches that I've had is you have to invest time in the relationship side of it and not just from a schematic standpoint. I mean, we, 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 didn't, we didn't win the game Saturday night because of uh, – necessarily X's and O's. We, we want it because of the heart and the character of our kids. Well, I mean, what does that mean to you too? I mean, you teach these kids at such a volatile age. I mean, what does it mean to be a mentor to these kids and, and have them listen to you and, and see them grow up to be, you know, grow into be men? Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's like, like, I'd be lying if I said like, you can achieve that with every single person. It's a numbers. Game. It's uh, it's ultimately, if you have 60 kids on a roster every year, um, you know, it's what we're doing is we're planting seeds and, and, and we hope that um, as they transition into life, um, those seeds begin to grow more. Uh, you know, it's it's my job as a head football coach. The way sport has evolved is it's really hard to be a coordinator nowadays because of what being a head coach. Head coaching is almost like a CEO type of deal now where, where you're more managing, you're mentoring uh, therapists, psychologists, fundraiser. Uh, all the stuff that like, I, I don't know that like, uh, you know, um, when I first got into coaching, that was what I was necessarily looking to do. Uh, but I'm fortunate right now. I got a lot of great coordinators that can, that can do the X and O stuff. Um, you know, I, I think our talents are where, where they are for a reason. Yeah. And then in the midst of a pandemic, I mean, how has that kind of changed? Obviously you talked about being a mentor, but obviously that has come tenfold and especially in this climate yeah it was you know any year is challenging to try to keep 16 17 18 year olds on the right track but then when you throw in COVID and you throw in contact tracing and you throw in like the, the fragility of like a season because they could come in they could sit in this classroom and someone you know four feet away from them test positive and your, your career and season's over I mean it, it was like, like I told my wife today I go like I woke up with like I felt a weight lifted off and, and, and that weight was never because necessarily of who we were playing it, it was all the external factors as we're seeing all across the country. I mean, we're seeing games canceled because, you know, 
I don't want to go down that road. I, I might <laughs> you know, very, I mean, various different ways like, they're like, being canceled. Yeah. Look, look, I look at it this way. I mean, I see 60 kids that got to experience a once in a lifetime opportunity. And had that been taken away from them 12 weeks ago, I don't know where these kids would be. I, I know they wouldn't be making better choices necessarily. Mm-hmm. And by canceling all this stuff and sending people home, that doesn't mean a kid's going to sit in his bedroom forever. I mean, they're all hanging out. Like this isn't like, um, I, I don't know. It, it's just, um, I always like to think what's best for kids. Uh, that's how I think. That's the decisions I make. And, uh, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy with those decisions. But um, I see kids at school, like, like, like I was brought to tears the other day. We, we took a lap around our, our square and the little elementary school kids were out cheering and celebrating. And but like it brought tears in my eyes to think that like, you know, in, in a few weeks, they could be like essentially stuffed inside their house. Um, maybe with some with great parents, maybe some with not so much. And yet what I saw in that glimpse around the square is kids being kids with their peers, developing relationships. And, and I think my tears stem more from the fact that like, man, I'd hate to see these kids. Cause I, I have a four-year-old, I have a seven-year-old, I have a 13-year-old and I have a 14-year-old. And I know that they're in critical years of, of relationship building. And uh, it's more than sports. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's, we talk about it a lot uh, and a lot of things that we do you know, the, the whole COVID thing, the whole pandemic isn't just physical health, it's mental health. And it kind of Absolutely. speaks to what you were saying. Like, these, yeah, these guys uh, are out there doing it and it's good for their mental health. So we, we just went through seven months with zero cases, zero issues, wow. uh, parents, players. I mean, like, like it's, it's, if the state of Ohio has proven anything, it's that you can do it successfully. Um, I, I don't know of any concentrated outbreak that they could link to a sporting event. Um you know, now again, it's we live in a world where you can create your own data and you can believe whatever you want to believe. But I speak for my team in the last June first when we were allowed to work out till what are we in November twenty uh, third? Yeah, no issues. That's awesome. Well, you know, you you were able to play uh, for the state title your senior year, and then uh, and, and then we're back and we're able to win it as a coach. You know, how how did it compare from being on the field back then? I know it was a ways away, but from being on a player back then to being a coach now, uh, you know, how how does that compare to you? It's a great question, and and I almost want to say that doing it as a coach is more rewarding because of all the moving parts. And uh, as a player, right, like it's um, you're, you're, you're self-centered. The world revolve, revolves around you. You worry about one player. I mean, don't get me wrong. You care about your teammates. But at the end of the day, right, like you're, you're moving on. Whereas a coach, it's like an overwhelming responsibility, especially in the year like 2020, to try to get everyone in the right spot at the right time and motivate and mentor. And I mean, I could write a book just on this season alone. Typically, I think coaches really look at like seasons as chapters. This was like a, it was a different novel. Um, so um, I, I'd have to say that as a coach, it was, it was a little bit more rewarding because, you know, this is a decade in the making. This is, um, you know, probably 600 kids under my time here and, and they all laid a brick to this foundation. You know, I mean, the 2020 class will get credit for it. They'll get the rings, they'll get the glory. Uh, but, but this, this is a program title and, um, uh, there's been a lot of time invested for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, go oh, ahead. Go ahead yeah. One, one follow-up is, so I know that back in, uh, I wanted to ask you this back in 98, you know, unfortunately lost on a, a trick play, right. Uh, a hook and ladder. 
and then you went out and ran that play on Saturday. Is that, was that always, did you have that in the mind? Was that like little plan because of back then? Yeah, it was a deal like Monday. Like I, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like epiphany. I was like, I was like, coach, we got to run this. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we kept pushing it off. And, and I want to say it was Thursday. Uh, we played on Saturday and I think we ran it three times in practice. I was like, we're, we're, we're going to, like, we're going to score on this. Like, I, like it was, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a low IQ idiot. So like, like, it, like I can't take much credit for this, but it, it's, um, you know, we called it fortunately, uh, unfortunately it didn't stick because of uh, right. that classic instant replay, but um, it was an un, I mean, wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was run to perfection. It was just like, you know, yeah. instant replay got it. Three, three snaps, three snaps uh, on Thursday practice, and we, we called in, in a state title game in a, in a huge uh, down. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's incredible. Well, I kind of wanted to, I mean, you mentioned how much of a community thing it was for you guys. Just how much did the community play a part in this, and what does it mean to the Chardon community that you eventually, I mean, you mentioned the whole city coming together, not having really any COVID outbreaks. What does that say about, you know, what this, what the football program means to the community. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy would be able to tell you this too. I mean, it's a community that supports its athletics. Uh, it's a tight-knit community. I mean, we, we've been through a lot uh, with, with uh, our school shooting back in 12. So it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, and I would say, again, this is another, like when you talk about mental health, I mean, it, 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 it united people uh, no matter their stance on COVID. It united, their, united people no matter what their stance is on the election. And this is a year where we've created more division um, and it was neat to see unity take hold. And, and, it, and it was accomplished by 16-year-old, 17-year-old adolescents, something that like uh, professionals and experts and politicians couldn't do. And, and it's a reason why sports is so important. And anyone who thinks it's not is crazy because inside the huddle, it doesn't matter your race or religion, how much you make, what your parents do. The, the, there's something beautiful about it. And um I, I've seen it over the last few days. Uh, I, you know, I, I've gotten, I, I think when I, when I, at, at the end of the game, I had 370 some texts um, and, and I, and I, people, I don't even know and emails and things like that. And I was getting videos of, of grown men crying. I got a letter or an email today from someone who said their 102 year old grandma was crying after the game. I mean, missing sports and, and putting people in their houses, um, you know, it's tough. Sure. Sure. And one follow up. And then we have three quick questions after this. But um, I know your, your father-in-law, right, is on the coaching staff and offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yep. How, how special is that for you to be able to share that with with family as well? I mean, I know everyone in Chardon, you just spoke to it and I can yep. speak to it. It's it's family, the whole yep. community's family. But to have actual family on staff, how cool yeah, is that? Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, in general, I have a great staff, but obviously there's a unique relationship there when your, your father-in-law is calling plays and when you don't like a certain call and you got to maybe talk to him in like, you know, colorful language or something like that. That, that is a huge benefit of the mask. Uh, you know, when you can sort of conceal some of that stuff, but um, it, it's uh, he, he, he's one of my best friends and I'm grateful for the time that I get to spend with him. And, uh, you know, he rode down there on the bus and my, my oldest son got to sit next to him. And um, one of the things that people had told me as, a, as, as being a head coach in a state game is try to slow things down and enjoy things. And um, I, I think you're able to do that as you get older, better when you're young, 
you think time is infinite and, um, you know, you're going to live forever and last forever. As you get closer to the end, you realize uh, time's the most precious commodity. And, um, yeah, I'm grateful for my relationships on our staff. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we've been so successful. I don't have turnover. I got a bunch of guys who go be head coaches other places, but they're, 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 they're loyal to Chardon. Well, yeah, Coach, I mean, we usually finish this with three kind of more fun, lighthearted questions. So Jeremy had me doing, doing some research and found out that uh, you and your wife own an ice cream shop in, in Chardon. Is that correct? It's correct. If, uh, if they made an ice cream creation to honor the 2020 Hilltopper State Championship, what, what would that be? Well, I mean, it's got to have something with some red, some red in it. So, like, I don't know if you're going like cherry sauce, cherry dip. Um, you know, now black is harder to like come up with. So maybe like a black cherry, mm-hmm. something like that. So, we're, so we're in that 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 color scheme. I, I would say. I mean, sprinkles are easy, and they're for winners. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I would probably stay somewhere in that area. I mean, it's got to be a color theme. Yeah. Uh, we do have a hilltopper Sunday that that's similar to that. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't even know what it, what it is. I, I, I get cappuccino <laughs> crunch and that's it. I was just going to uh, ask, you know, well, first, that, Eric, I don't know if you knew that. So if people are listening, you're ever in Chardon, King Cone, got to go there. Uh, but that's, that's what, what's your, what I mean, we asked your top, your hilltopper thing, but what's your pick? Like, yeah, what, my, what, yeah, what should Eric get if she, if he goes? I mean, I'm a cappuccino crunch guy, but there, you know, uh, the no name, like, like if you, if you went to our gram and looked at all the pictures, I, I would say the, the, the no name super popular. Um, and, and you can, I mean, really you, you if you dream it, we can make it. And, uh, <laughs> we come up with some crazy stuff right now. We're, we're pumping out pies for the holiday season. Um, but yeah, it's a dangerous place. I mean, like I usually put <laughs> gum in my mouth when I go down there, so I don't have to start sampling things. Um, but that's my trick over the over the last decade of owning that place. But um, it's good stuff, and, and, and it's really it's it's my wife's um, labor of love. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to employ a bunch of kids in the community, and uh, you know, all, all around. It's it's like we're invested in our community. We're invested with these kids here, and uh, we're no plans of moving anytime soon. Well, we'll we'll just have one more question. I know we're sure. short on yeah, time, you're good. but. No, you're good. One more quick one, and we'll end it on a Mac note. But what's one thing you miss or remember about Bowling Green, or or a place that when you go back, and I know you go back here and there, mm-hmm. um, that you have to go. That's a great question too. It's, it's, it's the, again, it's relationships. Um, it's time spent, you know, like, like, I don't know that anyone, and I'm a teacher, so I can say this. I don't know that anyone walks away from a classroom and says, man, I remember that lesson that coach you had taught back in the spring of like, like it, that just doesn't happen. It's relationships. And it's, um, you know, like, like dorm rooms, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you couldn't pay me to go live in a dorm room, but I missed the dorms. Um, Campus poly eyes and those chicken bread, like stuffed bread, like I, I could eat a few of those right now. So, I, I mean, you, you miss you miss things like that, like miles and all that stuff. And like some of the locations there, they're iconic. The Brat House, I mean, this stuff is, uh, it's interesting because when you go back now, like everything's redone, you know, like the dorms are fancy and nice and, uh, you know, they don't smell like an armpit like they did when I was there. Um, so it's it's come a long way, but um, yeah. We've, those we've are most fond and, memories. And, and I would say, too, one thing about this is that, like, the success that these kids had uh, as high school athletes, 
I've probably talked to like six or seven of my friends at Bowling Green who I haven't talked to. And so again, these moments spark and renew relationships. And, uh, you know, for that, I'm grateful. Well, awesome. Well, Mitch, uh, we want to thank you once again for coming on. Uh, you know, clearly it's always great to talk to a former student athlete within our conference. That's, doing big things. And I think a state championship for sure falls under that. And to, to hear some of the stuff that you talked about and how you guys were able to get through this through the pandemic and keep your guys focused is a huge credit to not only you, but your coaching staff and, and the administration at Shard. I mean, yeah, I know they absolutely. have your full support. So I could, I hope you continue to uh, celebrate this one for a while. Uh, you deserve it. And thanks for coming on with us. Jeremy and Eric, thanks for having me. All right, there you have it. Uh, great interview uh, just now with Mitch. Uh, takeaways? Uh, I got to get myself over to King Cone ASAP. <laughs> you um, do? Yeah, yeah. I, I pulled up their, their Instagram, like you said, and uh, man, does it look good. So we talked to him about winning a state title. And all you grabbed from it was that you got to go get an ice cream cone. Well, yeah. I mean, I figure at, at, at my age, you know, at 25, I'm pretty much past uh, every chance of coaching or winning a state title in, in that. That's for sure. So, you know, my takeaways are now ice cream based. That's a win. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've been there uh, a few times in my day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth the trip. That would be quite a trip for you for us. Yeah, it would. I, you know, I, yeah, it would. Be. You know what? You come, you come visit. We'll go. We'll okay. Go. All right. You can Not take me I back to uh, downtown Willoughby. Yeah. We'll, we'll get out on the East side. You need some East side in your life anyway, but the garden's I, like your far East side. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I well, would. we did, we did have a, uh, that one good time in, in Willoughby. That, that one. Uh, that well, you've one. been to Chardon. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Play we golf. Did, we did golf, play golf once. So you, you were close to King Kong uh, once. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunate for the rest of us that yeah. we played golf with you. Yeah, but you have <laughs> been to Chardon. Uh, my takeaway is, um, although the ice cream's very good, it's just you can see, um, I mean, we were able to see because we're on video, but hear it in Mitch's voice, just how much this means. I think it's wild and huge credit to the administration and him and everyone that they didn't have one positive yeah. case all yeah. year, um, which shows that it can be done to his credit. And again, everyone that's, um, you know, kind of part of that football program, but you know, the, the community that the, him talking about what it meant to him to go around the Chardon square and see all the little kids. And I mean, that definitely stands out. And that's because I grew up there and know that, you know, the, the community sticks together and they've been through some stuff. Like you said, there was a shooting uh, at yeah. Chardon high school in uh, 2012. And, um, you know, I, I think the community was always together there, but that, even brought people more together and to celebrate something like this during such uncertain time is just really cool. And um, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we hear, had him on. It's cool to hear his takeaways that what he learned as a player at BG. Um, and we, we should do more. We should find more of these people that are out there that, um, you know, that are, that are doing big things uh, that are former student athletes. So it was, it was cool to change it up a little. Yeah. And no, I think one main thing, you know, I mentioned the King Cone thing, obviously as a joke, but one of the main things that stood out to me was that uh, he said how much like uh, 
winning kind of brought things full circle for him. Yeah. And, you know, like he mentioned, you know, this podcast, like bringing you back together, like seeing you and things like that. And um, just hearing from people, you know, you don't hear from all the time and, and things like this really bring, you know, people back together. And I think yeah. that that's really cool. So um, yeah. yeah, appreciate Mitch coming on, sharing some knowledge with us as always. It's always, like you said, it's always cool to kind of get a different perspective. You know, we see like coaches and student athletes all the time, um, but you know, it, high school is a different setting and, and you're teaching kids different things uh, from D1 to high school. So I think that's a, that's a cool balance. Yeah, preparing them for the next level. Um... Not in, not even in an athletic sense, but just a Absolutely. life sense and and how to handle yourself and everything and and motivation and everything and mentorship and uh, you know that's that's overall what came through to me uh, with talking with Mitch and um, you know Chardon's lucky to have one of their own uh, as their head coach and now a state champ. So again, yeah, thanks to to him for joining us uh, really on short notice. I mean, he's he still looked like he was maybe celebrating. A little bit. Uh, he yeah, mentioned he mentioned he still had the taste of cigar in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, little, little, <laughs> I would too. Victory cigars and, and yeah. well deserved. Um, so shout out to you, Mitch, uh, and, and the Hilltoppers once again for bringing home the title. Um, with that, um, yeah, like our, we're, we're going to have uh, some hoops, uh, like we said, tomorrow. And then uh, Thanksgiving. And then, yeah, our, our, our week is really set, you know, Wednesday hoops. I mean, hoops starts Wednesday, I should say. Thursday, Thanksgiving, Friday, Maction, Saturday, Maction. You know, you know. Yeah, no, it feels good. It feels good to have something to look forward to the rest of the week. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll be keeping in touch, but I want everyone else uh, out there to please have a safe um, uh, Thanksgiving. Obviously, enjoy yourself, but um, stay safe at the same time. It's important. Absolutely. And until then, get some action. action.